Era, era, two heels in a face. God damn it. God damn it. And his mask falls off and he goes right out of the ring. Oh, no. God bless J.J. Garrett. God bless J.J. Garrett. Is he supposed to be Ricky Steamboat right now? I think so. (laughs) You know what? And this is the thing about, like, freelance. It has this charm to it that, like, I think the appearance and the production value of freelance can save anything from being trash bag wrestler. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like it's like when you go and you get like, oh, this is amazing. Look at Steve. The cameraman oh, is Akeem. The cameraman is Akeem. The uh, the bigger, yeah, uh, the taller guy. I'm not sure what his name is. Oh, man. I, I, and I, and I truly believe this. It's like if you went and you got like something that was just terrible, but you put it in really good packaging, it's still pretty good. <laughs> not saying anything from, and like freelance has never been like terrible at all. I mean, no, it's wonderful. But whenever anything happens that kind of goes like, eh, I don't know, hit the mark, it's like sort of fine. It just kind of like goes through no no problem. And I think this is something that uh, Kirby mentioned that you know before, where it's like when when the first you know Halloween Rumble happened, like it was really on the fans to either embrace it or trash it. And then after that, like magic moment happened. Like I think. Oh, it's what we look for towards every year. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Look at uh, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that because Kirby thought it was gonna suck, right? Kirby was yeah. like, this is gonna bomb. Well, notoriously in the indies, anything that has rumble in it has never been good. Uh okay. But has it I, always I, been like because this is kind of like, hey, we're not taking ourselves too seriously, let's just have some fun. Does it always have that tone or? No, but like I don't know about you, but like every time I hear Rumble in the Indies, I think about like it's just like is it really for anything like prestigious? Mm-hmm. You know? So like when you think of the Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble is awesome because you're like, well, this is this is gonna lead to you know WrestleMania, you're gonna yeah. see cool surprises. If it's just like your local indie in like Biloxi, Mississippi running a rumble, you're like, all right, cool, like <laughs> all right. You know, and I know that sounds bad, but I mean, there's nothing to it. Yeah, you got to make it mean something, yeah. But with this, what's cool about it is the fact that, like, it's always, like, that kind of feeling. Like, you know, when you're joking around with your buddies, and they're like, oh, okay, like, what if they did this? And they, like, tried to get this funny gimmick over, this funny idea. Like, this is insane. This is that D-Ray? Yeah. (laughs) That's D-Ray. Sabu. Uh, Is it Sabu? No, it's the Iron Sheik, right? Uh, Oh, yeah, Iron Sheik. I think he's Iron Sheik. It's a mesh of all of them in the Mexican oh, body. But like, you know, when you like have a funny idea and you're like, oh, they should do that. And then that like literally never goes into an idea ever. It just stays like a joke. Mm-hmm. This is like uh, an idea of being like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we take the Halloween idea that we can get away with anything and hope that people are going to be supportive of the idea that we're not going to take ourselves too seriously and they're going to get into it. In no any, like nowhere else could pro wrestling get that over. Because it's already so far-fetched and crazy. Yeah. That, like, I would say that almost any indie can get away with this, but I don't think anybody bigger than, like, an indie can get away with this. Like, Ring of Honor couldn't have, like, a gimmick battle. No. Like, it would just right. be, like, weird, you know? 
I, I think it, I don't know if it kind of helps that like I don't know like I think when because we talked to Nick's at length uh, and he's been on this podcast multiple times about how freelance started and it wasn't like I don't know you guys Zicky. Zicky nice. oh shit that's hilarious. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. You're good. Um, it was always, I, I don't want to say you guys didn't take yourself too seriously, but like Nick's created it. He created it with no plan in mind. He's just like, I just want a place for my friends to wrestle. So yeah. it's almost like you can't do something like this if you want to be too cool almost or something. You want to be like too like intense because this is not the theme for it. But if you're just having it, like freelance is always a party. So like this feels like, a party, a costume party. Yeah, and like I think, like a lot of the times, like when something so different comes out, one of the things about it that's so interesting is usually it's not scared to fail. So like yeah. freelance was so different; it was very like punk rock in the beginning, in the idea that it kind of didn't fit with like the polished indie look of something like a Evolve, yeah, or like a you know like a show like that, or but it also didn't fit into that like dirty gymnasium like shindy look sure where i'm not like saying bad to anybody that's ever rust in the gymnasium but at the same time like that look kind of has that look to it like you're right like, well right. the show better be really damn good because it looks like it's just basic but this this looks cool it looks like you're in the middle of a concert right you know like mm-hmm. right now if i was flipping through the channels on the television and i flipped this on i'd probably stay and watch this for a second because i'd be like what the hell is this and it's not regular pro wrestling right and i think it's got that good look to it and i think we've been able to hang on to that look um and i say we very loosely because i don't really have any you know authority over that but i think like the look <laughs> you know the look has still maintained that which is crazy because when it moved from the abbey to bottom lounge bottom to lounge. chop shop and then it went to logan uh those are like all distinguishedly bigger venues and I think Logan is even still a reach at times because if there wasn't people in the seats, that show would look very different, you know? Oh, this is the Spike Dudley one. So it was the next year he did the uh, oh, uh, Goldberg. Goldberg, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless he's in the Rumble twice. I mean, we've seen that happen before. Yeah, wasn't Castro in is like all different characters yeah. in on here? Yeah. Yep. And Shinsuke and Nakamura. <laughs> same same rumble i think um so yeah uh welcome mitchell (laughs) (laughs) for all your listeners thank you for uh bearing with us here (laughs) craig how's it going man it's good to it's good to hear your voice it is going fantastic how are you guys doing well uh it's good to have you on i feel like it's probably a little bit overdue um yeah i i don't think i've ever no i've never been on with you guys right no no we, we might have done something very briefly. I was telling, I was mentioning this to Charlie. I can't recall, but I think we briefly recorded something. Um, I believe it was in Milwaukee. That's probably what it was. At Azello, maybe before Azello show you were on? Yeah, yeah before I, or after I, Azello. I think I do remember doing that. Because, you know, I that was, like, something I did a lot more often. I do kind of, like, spotty stuff. I know I did one with... Um, uh, Jesse Matthews from Sup. I did the same thing where it was like before a show, we like just briefly talked with each other. Okay. Um, but I definitely didn't do anything like this with you guys where it was like through a Zoom or on a call. All right. And well, today um, we're actually taking you through the 
buffet line. Are you familiar at all with the structure? No, I'm I'm hoping I don't do terrible things. <laughs> all right. Well, it's not a gauntlet. It, it's 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 fine. If it is requiring trivia, then you are in for a complete letdown. <laughs> Well, it's just the way we're going to kind of structure this episode, because uh, there's a lot of things that we want to talk about and, you know, want the audience to get to know you a little bit more. Um, and the way we structure the wrestling buffet line is uh, we'll start off with a salad bar, which is quick, fresh takes, uh, such as this, you know, amazing gift that you gave us of telling us about this 2015 Halloween Battle Royal. Uh <laughs> Uh, so if for, for you uh, listeners, uh, that's what we started. Just kind of we, we hopped on and found the match on YouTube, started watching that. Yeah. Um, uh, Danger Mask uh, plays a La Parka in this uh, Halloween Battle Royal. So uh, check that out. We'll put the link in the description. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Salad Bar, basically quick takes, just trying to get to know you a little bit better. Um, hot Plate will be meaty topics. Uh, you know, we'll have some questions and then down to the dessert it's guilty pleasure so basically fun questions fan submitted questions and then there's a game at the end word association where i'll give you one word and you just shout out the first thing that comes to mind oh man all right well (laughs) i don't think there's any landmines in that either so no i always just think of steve harvey man everyone's like and like the game show he would do and people just say the first thing they would say and i just watch that hands oh family feud yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I have a feeling I'm going to say some horrible <laughs> No, no, no. It's all good. Um, if any, I mean, there's always the, the magic of editing. So, oh, yeah. You know, if anything, if anything comes out that shouldn't come out, <laughs> if you're burying anything deep down. <laughs> oh, man. Talking about right. editing, I think this, I'm going to take this opportunity to uh, talk about our last episode. Um, Please do. There was no editing whatsoever. Charlie kind of took over for me. Um, normally, I'll do the intro, intro music. Um, and I know in that episode, we wanted to um, start off the episode with uh, Escalera's music, the Mark Anthony Revered Mi Vida. I know that's something we mentioned in the episode. I know. And we never got guys, to it. Yeah, we never got to it because <laughs> there was no editing in that episode. We needed to get it out. And I just kind of want to put a disclaimer out there for that. But you know this is our uh, this, this is our full apology no uh, we'll put a notes app tweet up later uh apologizing <laughs> <Right>. for not, <laughs> not adding music <laughs> to, to all mark anthony fans out there extra, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but all right uh charlie you want to uh, start us off at the salad bar yes yes thanks for explaining that chris so yes we have craig mitchell here i have a uh, former beta member freelance underground champion freelance tag team champion um is there any anything uh, within the realm of Chicago land? Any accolades that I'm missing? Um, uh, like one of the freelance originals? Uh, any that I have you held any other titles that I'm missing? Uh, I mean, I think I did. Um, I wrestled for Southland for a bit, but I mean, like at the end of the day, that's like eh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I had the belt there, and then I had a. Um, I had a family thing I went to, and then I went to that, and then they stripped the belt from me because I'm a bad boy. So, oh damn. Um, yeah. So I didn't. Dom, well, nothing stronger than family. So I think Dom Toretto would appreciate. Uh, uh, yeah. Would appreciate yeah. you doing that. No, I mean, like, I mean that, and that, and that's like not a shots fired kind of thing. That was just like no. just something that happened. I 
it was it was fun. It was it was one of those kind of things. Yeah. So. This, this is going to be a very freelance heavy uh, episode. That's what we yeah. have for you today. Um, that's where we're going to eat from today on the on the buffet line. And we have this gimmick because we believe wrestling is a buffet. So like whether you're watching the hot. Yeah, it's not mine. I stole it from somewhere. But whether you're watching the Halloween Battle Royal or whether you're watching, uh, uh, we have like so uh, one of the hardcore matches you've done where you're literally throwing chairs at someone's face. Like there's something out there for everyone in wrestling. And so that's kind of what we embrace as as this podcast. That's why we have the the buffet line. That's how we structured our episode like that. It is a very solid premise. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, no, this is a judgment-free zone. So, uh, Craig, this is a, a starting question we usually like to ask. It's kind of very broad, so feel free to go any direction you want to. But what is it that you actually love about wrestling? What are the what's the what what are the things that you love about it? I think that's uh, changed over the years. Like, I, like everybody always says the same thing. They liked it as a kid. They wanted to do that. Um, same thing. I loved it as a kid. Uh, it was something I loved to watch. Uh, I used to watch it with my grandfather a lot. So it was kind of like that thing. Like I got to, you know, exchange that with someone. And then it was one of those things like, I think I can do that. And then like, I want to do that. And then I started doing like the backyard thing, which is it's so crazy that it's not a taboo topic anymore. Uh, and a lot of us have really embraced where we came from. And it, it's amazing how, uh, how broad into the indies now, especially some of the best in the world right now, have uh, admitted where they came from in backyard wrestling, very similar to what a lot of us did. And it's funny, a lot of us all came from the same uh, place, which is the uh, backyard wrestling link. So right. everybody knows about that now. That's <laughs> um, but yeah, and that was the era that I came from. I started out in that. And uh, I think that to me is probably what like developed our style. I mean, it, it, it sounds like, like, well, you got a backyard style. Okay. But I think for a lot of us, that gave us the free reign of being able to see how we would move or how we would interact with people without having that initial first day of training yet. So we had a pretty good base. You know, we had, you know, it's so crazy to say it it sounds dumb, but when, you know, you're looking at people like, you know, like Ricky Shane Page or, you know, like someone like that, like this, these people wrestled hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of matches before they started training. And then by the time they started training, they already had a base that folks that it was their fresh day of wrestling school can only dream of, right? Like in mm-hmm. so many different situations they put themselves in. So doing that, when I um, when I started to train, I already kind of had this idea of like what I would like. And for me, it's changed. Like I said over the years, uh, I you know I first I wanted to do all the cool stuff. I love the 2005 like Ring of Honor style. Like I wanted to do that. Yeah, and then um, and then over the years, like I, I mean, I'm I'm getting older now. I'm more realistic about where my place is in pro sure. that's, why, that's why I stepped away for a while. Like, I was gonna so, say you took a break for a while, right? Yeah, and it was it was for several things. Like you know, like I wanted to be around my family, and I think that's something. As I've gotten older, I've started to realize like I need to figure out that balance, and I wasn't doing right. that. That that balance was really off. And anybody that knows me, like, pretty personally, I'm not, like, the same way I am in the ring at all. Like, I'm, like, the complete polar opposite of that. And I'm pretty, like, I got to, like, figure my life out, you know? So, yeah. I think as I've gotten older, I've started to realize that my place in wrestling is I'm very good at being, like, a really stable base. You could put me in a match with somebody, I could have a good match with them. 
and I can make that person that I would say probably has great potential to go on, maybe get signed or and it's crazy because that's kind of been my MO. I'm really good at working with people until they get signed. <laughs> and then they get signed and I'm kind of just like Brooklyn Brawler over here, like, all right. <laughs> Next man but up. Like, Who wants to wrestle Craig? <laughs> but here's the thing though, like, and I, I mean that in the best way, because you need those people. Mm-hmm. You need people like us that are, you know, you could put us in a match. We're not meant to sh- not everybody's meant to shine, man. And I really truly believe that. Not every single person is star. So I mean, yeah, I have my notoriety to do things, but I also realize that if you put me in a match with, you know, someone who is working their way through the rankings, like they're probably going to go a bit further uh-huh. and they need that person to be good against versus just they're trying to shine. This person's trying to shine. They're trying to get their stuff and this person to get their stuff. And then the match just doesn't work really well. Yeah. So I, I think as I've gotten older, I've started to realize like, and it's a tough pill to swallow. I think when you are working so hard because you want to get signed or you want to get noticed. I mean, anybody that does anything wants to be recognized for doing something good. And yeah. If, if you're not realistic about the expectations of what you're doing. And I think that's why when I stepped away, I even said it in the message. I said, I don't want to be that person that's just doing matches. I'm just showing up and I'm doing the, I'm doing the same brother, brother bullshit in the ring. Like, Hey man, let's just do our couple spots and then this. Because then I'm taking a spot from somebody that's really trying. To yeah. Wow. No, that's, that's super humble of you to say that. Um, I think I think we had something on our agenda, like where or my question was going to be, where do you see yourself in the locker room? And I think you just kind of you kind of answered that without us asking it. But I think that's a really cool thing. I mean, do you, you and since being a freelance original and you having this mentality, I feel like it's a very strong self well self awareness um because you're accepting of it too you're not unhappy with your role um no. and and you seem like a, a a leader then uh would you would you consider yourself someone in the locker room who is leading or can step into like a leadership role in that freelance locker room yeah and i think like but i think in that too if if someone wouldn't understand what that would mean they might see that as like oh this person wants to take charge in the match you know, yeah. but I think that's like, if you look at like a really good, and I explained this to someone a while ago, we were talking about, it. we were talking about like, what's the best like way of making pro wrestling work for the two people in the match to make sure that the fan has the best experience. And it's the, it's the partnership of working together to make the match. That's like what makes it work. Right. So for example, if I wrestle Nick Gage, does it make sense for me to be like, Hey man, like I'm an original here and you know, I know my shit and I'm going to do all my things. Cause he's going to look at me and like, dude, even if you were this, they want to see me do this. Yeah. So it like, you have to look at it and go, I have to look and understand that there's going to be a certain aspect of what the fans are expecting. They're expecting this mm-hmm. and we can change the directions of this to make it super like fitting. Right. Like, same thing if, like, he wrestled Kylie Ray, right? Like, I'm not going to go out there and be like, sorry, bro, none of your shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, I, I understand that completely. Like, yeah. I, if you ever, like, watch me in a match, is there? there's never a moment in the match where you're like, oh, well, he's 100% dominating this match. It's really, I'm just putting myself in position and letting right. things almost happen to me 
but not in a dumb way. I'm not yeah. just like stand there like, oh, here we go. You know, it's yeah. I'm putting myself in the proper position to let the things that matter happen, but happen in a way of making it like show. And I uh-huh. think that needs to happen. It has to happen. And, and I think that's the that's the the leadership role. And and we've seen this with with you know other other wrestlers that that also kind of have that leadership mentality of like, look, not all my shit and has to be you know, in this match, like, let's make, let's work out the match to the point where we're, you know, entertaining the crowd. Like we know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, who's the best? Like I will always 100% say the best in the area that nobody gives a hundred percent credit to being this is rough crossing. He is the best. You put him against anybody. You can put him in any match. He's super entertaining. He could be a super good heel. He could be like anti-hero baby face. But like the thing is, is, as I say that, most people are like, really? Like rough? And I'm like, the thing is, you can put him against anybody and that person will also look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's not, he's not afraid to be like completely in the back end of the match. Even if it's like slapstick, like he's the chicken shit heel or whatever it is. He's super good at being present in the match letting all of the good of what you have look good. Even if you're like brand new, he'll make right. your few moves look good. And then if he needs to step in and slow things down, he's super good in the ring. Like probably the best that nobody gives credit to. Yeah. It sounds like you and him in, in that same sense are are kind of like the, the fullbacks or the offensive linemen of the group to use a football analogy where it's like, if you don't do this, if you don't do this, then you make, other, you make like the receivers running backs look good. And you do all the work that doesn't get show up in the stat book or doesn't get accredited for. Um, yeah. And then you need, but you need five linemen to have a good offense, like five solid linemen. Yeah. Cause I think if everybody's trying to go in and be like, Hey, I need to like shine and win, you know, like I need to, if I, if I don't do that, I don't want to do it. Well then every match is just a bunch of people trying to look real cool. And then the right. fans are like, there's no, like, there's no story to it. Though, yeah. You know, exactly. And uh, one of the go ahead, yeah. One of the things, the, the important things here is, as I mentioned, like you, you're talking about, you know, you let other people shine, and you know, you 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 knowing what you're doing, um, you know, you insert yourself wherever you need to. But also, one of the things that you know, Charlie and I have talked about this uh, numerous times when we talk about you know recapping freelance shows is that within the match, like especially your matches, you kind of have in mind the storyline right like the storyline at, at from a like bird's eye view where like you know where this is going so certain things kind of like tie to other matches and and it's like a bigger i don't know if i'm making sense but it's it's like a bigger storyline than just the match itself yeah and i think that's like that makes sense you know I 100% get what you're saying. And I think that sometimes gets lost. I, I mean, sometimes I lose it too. Sometimes you, you, know, you just have a cool match and that's yeah. cool too. But like, think about, you know, think about any like TV or movie series you like. And like, or think of like a really good movie. And when the movie's over, you wait to the end of the credits for like the hint at the next movie. Mm-hmm. Are you referring to the, like, the MCU? Are you a Marvel fan? Yeah, like something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. So like, but imagine that, like, okay, I had this knockout match, right? Like lying probably because I'm having like an average match right now. Okay. So like <laughs> I have a match and like I have 
you know, like we do all this cool stuff, right? But then like one thing in the match we do, we like take an extra second to like establish it. And then the next time you see that move coming and every fan yeah. goes, oh, that's the move. And it's mm-hmm. like, was it easy to do that? Absolutely. All you got to do is just take like, like a couple seconds to fully establish that. Like, for example, like, you know, who does this amazingly is uh, everybody's going to talk shit about it. But Frank, Frank, the clown, man, he does this great. You love him or you hate him, but he, yeah. he, you, you hate him so much that you watch him so closely. Mm-hmm. So if he does a thing where like he wears a mask, like when yeah. I came back, when mm-hmm. I did the thing, that was oh, why yeah. that made so much sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause he did this and you watched him, you hate him so much. You watch him so closely. So that works, but it's like, he wasn't good at being bad. You wouldn't watch it. Like there's such a thing as a bad heel, like a stupid like heel. You're like, I don't even want to watch it. You leave. And then you don't pay attention to anything you do. Yeah. And everybody hates Frank so much, which is perfect. Because now anything he does, it like builds seeds into things. Like with yeah. Jeff and me, when we did the freelance underground thing, which was a, a reach, a stretch to try to do like a multi like a multi-match story thing. Hashtag but some we, of Craig. Yeah, we like really tried to make the best out of that. And the crazy thing was a lot of those shows didn't have very large attendance at certain times compared to like freelance. Sometimes some of the freelance underground shows had they had a bit of crowd, but they weren't as big as the freelance show. So you're thinking if like, let's say 300 people see something and then only like 80 people see it, it you have to make sure that somehow it gets its way back online. Yeah. Or make sure the crowd interacts with it enough to where when they react, the others react, or that the camera's seen it. Like those are big point things. And I think that's exactly how you make that work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot I totally because we basically lost a year of our lives in quarantine. I totally forgot that awesome epic uh series you guys had. But uh yeah, that was some amazing stuff. Um, it's just been, it feels like it's been so long because 2020 felt like, like five years in one or something like that. Cause it was so much time that, that passed. Uh, it yeah, felt I mean, like I, it. it. It really did. I yeah. honestly, and I think during that time, I don't think I really paid attention to wrestling much at all. So yeah. it like made everything that was a old film new. It's pretty cool. <laughs> kind of made it nice. Uh, how did you become the. How did you become the guy that is, and we'll talk about these in the main course. So I'm kind of jumping a little bit here. How did you become the, you seem like the, the bruiser now of the locker room too. Have you always been like that? Or is it just like, Hey, no. we need, we need a hardcore awesome banger. Let's have him wrestle Craig. <laughs> Not at all. Like, honestly, like when I first started training, I loved like flippy fast. I was in, a, I was a much smaller individual then like, I did all the flips and all that stuff like that. And I was really quick and I liked that style. But here's the the truth of the matter is at that time, especially everybody was like that. Mm. Every single person moved like that. And then and when I got injured in like 2013, like I was out pretty hard with an injury with my, to my sternum. Um, when I came back, I had gained, uh, if you watch the freelance shows, I am very fit and thin like very cruiserweighty looking. Mm-hmm. And then I, out of nowhere, come back and I'm very much distinctly big. And it was like 
crazy. I didn't realize how much weight I gained when I was injured. I just, I just, I just did, you know, yeah. I, you know, it's understandable. And, um, when I came back, I could still move good. Like, uh, I, I could, I could still you know, moonsault in 450 and all that crap like that. And, uh, when I came back, I realized that when I did like really like articulate, crazy things, they didn't get over as well as if I, like they did, but it didn't get over as much as if I just did like one cool fast move. And I'm like, well, that's why I'll just do the standing moonsault because it's yeah. simple. I don't, I don't hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt me. It's easy to get to. And everyone's like, whoa, that big dude just did a moonsault. Right. So then I started doing less, which I think is a good approach. Cause it, like, let's say like if I, every match I'm going, I have these 10 things I want to do. And then when we're planning the match, I'm trying to like fit them in anywhere. I start getting careless. I'm like, I'll just put them all here. So then I just did less. I was like, I'm going to pull out all of these moves I had to do, all my cool moves, like my Rana and all this things I thought I needed. And then I went, well, what if I take the approach of just being like a defense? Like you're going to try to get your things on me. And my defense is to stop those things. And that's where I get my moveset from. It's more of like, you're going for something, I stop it. And then when I actually get a chance to hit something big, it's almost like the last thing you would expect, right? It's the big moonsault, right? Yeah. And then like, if I'm going to do one big move, it'd be the pile driver because it's like, that's like notoriously an ending thing. I've broken your fucking neck, right? You know, yeah. like, you know, so I think by pulling all of that out, it sort of just left this open hitting thing. And I, and I always would hear, I remember one of the things that Ali used to always say to us is why would you throw 10 punches? when you can just throw one good one. And that's why I started just being like, well, I'm just going to hit like one good hard punch. And mm -hmm. everything I do will be one good hit. So then it sort of turned into a brawling style inadvertently because I started just doing less. And I think uh, that's where that came from. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that. Uh, I think you stuck out in that sense that, yeah. You, um, yeah. You, the, the, this is a guy that comes in and like he's down to business. He's more of like a, he's more like gonna, gonna try to run. And so jump in, jump and flip over the wall. He's going to run through you a little bit. And you kind of, I think you, that's how, that's a way that you stuck out to me at least. And uh, I always associated you with that style. Um, so it's interesting that it just kind of happened. Like you said it. Um, yeah. I think it, it's just better too. Cause then you're, and I know like, like someone might not think of it this way, but as I say it, they'll go, Oh, that's a pretty damn good way to look at it too if a lot of my moveset is based on me hitting at you and stopping you, it creates the idea that we're probably going to be upright and we're probably going to be in the center of the ring more often. Or mm. we'll be on the outside, but we'll be upright and tall versus it's just your move, we're down, my move, we're down. Then the whole match is kind of like down, down, down. So sure. at least I'm giving you like I'm giving you a chance to go for something. The crowd sees the action. And then when I stop it, or if I hit my move, that's a big move. It's like sequence, rest, sequence, rest, versus just like all this stuff like that. Because I don't think I pull that off. And some people do. Some people pull off all that, you know, yeah. like that gringo yeah. loco, all the zipping around the ring stuff. That's the, that's what all the folks want to see in the gifts and stuff like that. And that's cool. It's awesome. 
but I'm not a gift wrestler. Like, yeah. you, when sure. someone is like, oh, I liked your match, they like the match. And that's not saying anything against them at all. It, it's just, it's different. They, yeah. they probably like the chase from the beginning to the end as a match. And like, that's kind of like what they liked about it. They weren't like, oh, the, the spots were cool. Yeah. You know, like, they're yeah, probably yeah. just like, yeah, the struggle back and forth was really cool. And I'm glad that like you gave him a run for something, you know, versus mm-hmm. like, well, I loved when you put him up on the top and then you guys got all together and then you did this crazy spot that no one else can do because I can't do that. Yeah. So I don't want to try to do that either. Wow. No, that's great. I, I you, I think you're, you, you're, uh, it's great that we're having this conversation because you just, the way you're thinking about wrestling is so much different and, and, and different in a good way. Different doesn't mean bad or good. It's just different than, than like some other people I think we've talked to. So I think this is like an extremely unique conversation, which is awesome. Yeah. Cause I think like everybody's trying to do a lot of things and like, I'm probably doing something that other people are doing and everybody's doing something like, and, and like, we're, we're very rarely having someone do something new, but I think if we're all trying to do something that a lot of people are very distinguishedly trying to do, I think it creates a lot of overlap. And I think like, I don't, and I'm not trying to have match of the night. That's not my thing. I just, I'm trying to be a piece of the show that like when it happened, you're like, cool. All right. Next match. Yeah. But you're not like, ah, shit. That was, man that wasn't good or you're not like oh well now the rest of the show is not gonna have any moves left because i've done all the moves right so right. it's like it's like a nice little it's it's an in-between thing I, i'm not and that's the thing i don't do the scrambles often like doing the scramble on the last show was super cool because i was like i'm in that fast match like, yeah I'm, this is not my style I don't do how, how did it feel to return back to lsa well, it was awesome it, it felt really good it was for me, Logan Square Auditorium is always cool to rest a lot. Even like after doing all the shows we did there, because when I was a kid, I used to go see like punk and hardcore bands there. So right. I always wanted to play there because I used to be in a band a long time ago. Like that was what I started. I didn't start in wrestling. I started in music. So I always wanted to play Logan Square Auditorium. And I never got a chance to play it. And then I used to go to like Chikara shows there and stuff like that. And then when Nick booked Logan Square, I remember all of us were like, this is awesome. We never got a chance to actually be there. And then now we're just wrestling there all the time and it's still cool every time. So for me, at least that's kind of cool for me. Yeah. So, you know, it, this definitely has been a, a hefty salad and, and yeah. I truly enjoyed it. Um, and, and to kind of like put a bow on, on this salad, I have to ask you, what is your favorite part of a salad? You know what? I mean, well, Are you I'm just sure despite not, salads? I'm sure you're not shocked if you're, you know, judging by my physical appearance. I don't really eat any salads. <laughs> Davey Bang uh, hates salads, so. Uh, I, if, if I if I was being judged and I had to eat the salad, I would probably just pick the croutons out of it. That's the worst. That is a very common answer. And that is probably what I would <laughs> It's a very common answer. I love it. I would I would say that, you know, whenever we, you know, take wrestlers to the uh wrestler buffet line, um, I want to say what 90% would say croutons. I don't think it's 90, but it is it's a lot. It's a, it, seven point it might, yeah, it's like <laughs> maybe six out of ten. Maybe I don't know what is that, 60%, 70, like like it's, 70%. It's 70. 
70 yeah. verbally, but 100% mentally. Everyone's thinking they're just like, <laughs> how do I, how do I eat, eat this garlic bread out of this salad without looking like a fat ass? <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. Uh, I could, I, uh, there was one, one day this week where I just went in for a snack and I just grabbed a handful of croutons and went back to, to the desk. Like I'll do that. And any day. I'm not ashamed. I used not to work ashamed. at Jewel. I used to work at Jewel. Okay. And I'm at, I'm on lunch. This is forever ago. And I remember, uh, this kid goes on lunch. He brings a loaf of bread up into the break room. And I'm like, well, this is the smartest kid I've ever met because he probably bought lunch meat and bread and he's gonna make sandwiches throughout the week and that's smart he didn't do this he literally opened the loaf and just started Starting. folding pieces of bread and just he ate like five or six slices and then like a savage he threw the top away spun the loaf and then put it underneath and put it on top <laughs> of the refrigerator and i couldn't <sighs> believe it i've never i've never seen a human being just eat that much like bread and then just no. get up i would have i would have just passed out <laughs> that's terrible i don't i don't want to see what that man's insides looks like oh my god that's that's brutal he, he wasn't a big guy you know that was like, like no? an awesome figure like just a bottomless <laughs> bit of a person i guess that's insane uh, very good answer though i would say croutons so i'm very it's a very good answer all right well cheese is still not up in the top five answers but yeah for me it will be cheese um <laughs> Everyone loves cheese. I mean, um, all right. So let's move on to the hot plate. And I think, you know, we, we learned a lot about you, but one of the things that, you know, we learned about your style and how it got developed and how it stands out, which is great. But Craig Mitchell, as, as a wrestler, who is Craig Mitchell? Um, I would say, I think of it as like, it's very much like what I would like to see from like my perspective. If like I went to a show and I was like, I just need to see a very solid like style, like whether, and and here's the thing is I, if I'm a fan of something, I don't even care if it's like the same as what I'm doing. I just like if they're just solid, like if they're just good at it. So like in my, in my like Craig Mitchell approach, as I settled into like kind of the way I am now, I just want to be solid. I just want to be, I, I know I'm not the greatest and I'm very aware, of that. Mm-hmm. but I know I'm also like, I know that I'm not like the shit. Like I know I'm not terrible. I know that I can hold my own. I know that like I'm confident, I'm confident yeah. enough in what I'm doing. So I think me as like the wrestler, I'm just trying to, it's like, you're trying to be like, yes, this is my rolling fighting style. But when you're watching it, you're not losing confidence in me that I'm not confident in what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, like, if you see a star, it doesn't mean that they're, like, you know, there's any part of them that doesn't believe that in that moment, that's what they're doing, right? So, but that doesn't mean that you have to be, like, a super successful, crazy, you know, superstar. But anybody that owns it and just kind of goes in, that's this is what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna break from this. This is just the way I'm gonna approach it. I'm gonna be confident. That's what I'm trying to do. Uh-huh. And I know that like there's a million things I need to work on, like a million things, right? But I think being honest in that, that's also like what helps me just be confident because I know that like this is what I got right now. Yeah. This is my this is my tool. So, so- uh, and I think. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Sorry to cut you off. I think the 
I think the spirit of the question was because I think because I don't know, I don't know if that maybe sounded redundant asking that not your answer your answer was different but um i think the spirit of the question is uh we um almost like mentally or character wise i think was the spirit of the question so to me when i look at craig mitchell come to the ring he's angry all right he's pissed like i feel like if i like tap craig mitchell on the shoulder but uh hi craig uh like and just like i'm a huge fan just tap on the shoulder i would catch like an, an unintentional elbow to the face or like i feel like you you feel like i went to a smaller i went to a smaller private high school and i think that that helped build my confidence i think Char- charlie walking in a freshman year of a large public school i would have ran into a craig mitchell and he would have thrown my ass in the locker like that's the vibe <laughs> that's the vibe i get i get anger and like so i think like that was the kind of the spirit of the not that your answer was uh, was wrong because it built on what you said previously but like, I think that's the spirit of the question. Like Craig Mitchell in the ring, what is his psyche? And what is your, like, your thought process to get into him? Who is that character? I think it's just intensity. And I think yeah. that's, yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. what other people have always said to me too. Like when they're like, oh, the match was good. Like you were really intense. And I think like that's probably the best answer because like think about like what you wouldn't want to fight, right? And like I said, I'm not like saying I'm the most like vicious opponent you're ever going to have because there's people out there who are like, I wouldn't work with that person but what's what's the most dangerous thing is that something that doesn't stop like coming at you so if the intensity is moving forward that's like a even if you're confident you can put that out because I'm sure you know I've lost plenty of matches but if the idea is that that person doesn't want to stop moving forward at you that's like a good intensity so I guess that would be yeah yeah no you're like a like a rhino out there i mean like that's who craig mitchell is and like it's it is intense it's scary um it's like it's intimidating i mean um some of these matches that you had so let's talk about some of these matches that you had where like maybe before i knew kind of about your character well like the uh the beta stuff that was when i was kind of first introduced to you so chris and i chris and i's first show was when it was a three-way, it was uh, Ali, Isaiah, and GPA at the bottom lounge. That was the main. Um, so that's when we first. So that's when we first started. And I think you might have already been in beta at this point. I think maybe Nix was heel. Um, yeah, I think we were in a four-way tag match on that show. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So let's talk about your your time in beta. How how did you did you enjoy that? What did you enjoy most about it? And like that whole faction and kind of being the it like it was like a group of bullies. It was like a group of, of uh, we're elite and we're better than you. Yeah, and I think like the bully thing was cool, and I think that's kind of like where like the Midwest bully thing stayed with. Um, and then I inadvertently didn't realize that some other people in the area call themselves the Midwest bullies. So um, <laughs> shame sorry. on you, <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ! If I didn't hear about it, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I think like at that time it was like fun like like here's the thing like bullying is like 100 nothing that anybody can be like yeah i love bullying i think it's great uh you know like you don't like you no know, and like, you never met someone on the street who was like oh yeah i'm 100 behind bullying great for you you should totally bully people but i think what we did was we we were so animated and that's what was fun about it we were so animated and you also didn't find us threatening it was more entertaining like we were like I always say like Bolt and Skull from like Power Rangers. Like if you're okay. familiar with what I'm talking about. 
Like is we that... were just like. Oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah, the with the jean jackets and stuff. Yeah, and like, yeah. But that's the thing when when a movie or like a show like presented bullies in like the nineties, they were always like they would show up on screen and there'd be like a power cord behind them. It'd be like, you'd be like, oh, those are the bad guys. But you never were like, fuck them for bullying assholes. Like you never, you were just like, okay, well, I know that they're gonna try to rough up the good guys. And the good guys will more than likely prevail. So I don't have to worry about this, but I can like relax enough to be entertained for a second. And yeah. that's 100%. We were doing that, but we were also like, I'm not trying to sound like an ass, but we were like also like still pretty good. So like we yeah. were considering ourselves to be like an elite tag team. So, and that's, I think what you have to do. If you're like, hey, we're bullies, but we like suck ass. Like, why would you put us in match? Then we're like, silly but if we're like silly boys kind of like we're animated we're funny we're cracking silly jokes but then yeah. we're like still relatively threatening you're like well shit they might get the tag belt so you're gonna watch the match and i think and, that's literally how beta like stayed that way yeah and then you did yeah and it worked out and i think we had like we had isaiah who was like genuinely very good like very good and he didn't have to be a bully he was like our like messiah like the best run. Yeah. And then we were kind of like not as good as him, but it like didn't mess with us. It was like we were like <laughs> underneath him. Like, but it was like cool. And I think that's like you need that. Yeah. That's that was cool. Like none of us were like like fighting for like it was like Isaiah had the world, and then we were underneath him, and we just wanted him to keep the world. You know, yeah, like right. we weren't fighting for the world either. So beta worked in this kind of way of being like. We were a faction and like true to the faction, we protected the belt because if the leader didn't have the belt, well, you see what happened when he lost the belt, we kicked him out. Mm -hmm. So that was a story, right? And that right. and that honestly is what turned the face of beta and actually made people kind of go like, shit, I kind of like beta because they're like, I can watch this. Like it was like actually something to follow. Yeah. That was, that was like freelance's attempt to like try to like hook you into stories and stuff. Yeah. Did it work? Yeah, it worked. But like, some didn't get it like you had to go to the shows too and i think before iwtv if you weren't there you missed it yeah yeah that's true i think uh, beta was ahead of its time i'm not saying we were the greatest by any means because we were just we were just whatever but i think we could have probably had a better run with beta if it would have been a little later is that if that makes sense okay no i enjoyed it i mean i i, I think you guys were you guys were yeah that that state that that the linchpin heel uh, faction and factions are fun. I think, I think there's probably a shortage of factions right now in the indie scene. There's there's great tag teams, but I think it would be cool to see. Cause like you guys had four deep, if you count coach Joe five deep. So. And I seen this tweet the other day. I, I really wish I could give credit to who posted it. Um, it was a very good tweet and saying like, I want to see more tag teams that are actually like tag teams. And I would say that's the same as factions. I don't want to just see X amount indie show, two cool guys that are good as individual wrestlers wrestling together as a tag team. I like to see tag teams, like people that are like the workhorsemen. That's a tag team. Yeah, they did individual stuff. But when you watch them as a tag team, you were like, okay, this is awesome. You know, like when you think of a solid stable, it's like those guys all fit together. It's mm -hmm. not just like, 
they happened to like, and I think that was what worked. We were on all the shows when one came out, so all of us came out. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, like, you know, you think of like the dark order, right? That works. Right. Mm-hmm. They all come out. You guys all had matching shirts and they were, they were to the point. They weren't like crazy yeah. designs. Like that's how you guys were like to the point, just like, uh, yeah. You, and you built that and it took a while to build. And uh, yeah, no, I think we appreciated it. Um, uh, we, we talked uh, about, about the beta run. Yes. Let's, let's touch a little bit on the freelance underground championship run. Cause when I think about a freelance underground champion, you know, as many as there have been, I think of Craig. Like, I think that kind of like maybe because it happened during the transition of, um, you know, where the title was being defended on freelance uh, at Logan Square Auditorium, um, because we just kept seeing you in all the shows, whatever that case was like to me, when I think of a freelance underground champion, I think of Craig. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that run and and how that was defending the title in both freelance companies? Yeah, and I think, like, that was cool. Because, like, for me, like, I've never, ever wanted to have a belt, ever. Like, I just didn't. It's not that I didn't want the responsibility of being like, oh, I'm tied to your company now. Like, Mm -hmm. and this is independent wrestling. (laughs) All right. But I I just, like, never wanted, like, I think the pressure of making sure that the belt meant something. Because at the end of the day, like, I mean, let's be realistic here. At the end of the day, if you're looking at independent wrestling as a step below of where some people are trying to be, sometimes these belts are just as important as backer wrestling at times, right? I know that sounds so horrible, <laughs> but think about it for a second. If I have the world something belt, am I defending it in the world? No. no. It's probably going to stay in somewhere, right? And, I, and I'm not knocking anybody. I'm, I'm literally not. I'm just saying, like, if we're looking at it from this present presentation of, like, I'm trying to make this map, right? And I just felt like I couldn't do that. And when James was like, well, we're going to give you the belt for Freelance Underground, I'm like, well, how do I, like, like, try to have fun with this to the idea of, like, making people, like, care that I'm winning the belt? So, like, we just did, like, little things. Like, when I beat Roth, like it was like I always remember that line where I'm like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm gonna fucking kill you, and I go, oh, then fucking kill me, and like the crowd like got behind like <laughs> yeah, yeah. that that style of like fighting, right? Like they were like, shit, they're gonna fight for this, and then and, and, we did just the next real quick uh, sidebar here. I specifically remember, and and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but your matches—I don't know if it was intentional or whatnot—but Charlie always talk about the match that sends people into intermission. Your matches, I. I from what I remember, there were like all these title matches. They were sending people to intermission at freelance shows. So you knew that this was going to be a hot match that needed the crowd to cool down after. Yeah. And I think like, but I, I, I definitely agree. I think that's what the, I don't know. I, I always like, I don't try to overthink anything. I, I try mm-hmm. not to, but like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I really don't. But like, I think like, that's the thing about me is that I'm like trying to actively think about, why why like why so if if we're not trying and this is not me this is anybody in wrestling if we're not trying to make the title then this goes back to why i've said it's like it feels like sometimes like it's like back in wrestling not every not every company is like this 
and I'm not saying that about everybody, but some places it's like cool. Like, like, you know, Joe Schmo is the, you know, the, the cruiserweight title of, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, that's great. All right, cool. Now what? But like, mm-hmm. if we're trying to make these matches mean something and actually trying to put some prestige to the belt, then we have to have the match have a good solid placement. If it's just like being like defended and exchanged and the match is kind of, eh, it's lost in the beginning of something, you know, it's, it just doesn't hold anything. So when we would do a match, even if I knew that I couldn't top another match on the show, which is almost all the time, I know I can't, that's just not what I do. We would have to go a different route and maybe make it like super dirty or super brawling, super much like a fight to where like, I remember like when I beat Marcus Crane, I had the belt. Like I was very much still not liked and I knew this. And when I beat Marcus Crane, which like to me is like, like that's not my style. When I did like the crazy pile driver to Marcus Crane and I go, and this is not planned. No one said anything to me to do this, but I felt like it should be said. And I grabbed the microphone and I go, if you want this belt, you're going to have to fucking kill me. And then everyone's like, oh, like that's like, like that's, he's, he's aggressively defending this as his own. So that the next time when I come out with the belt, I'm like, you want this so bad. Yeah. We know where this match is going to go. And I think like anybody could do that. I didn't do that because I'm like some kind of super crazy wrestling genius. I just knew that I had to figure out a way to get you excited because I know that I'm not going to go out there and have this like 45 minute, you know, ring of honor crazy Broadway match. I know that's not what I'm going to be able to do. So I have to do X to make you go, cool, let me see. And I think that's, anybody could do that. I think, I think just sometimes it just doesn't pan out that way because maybe they just don't think of it that way. They just want to do their thing. You know, and like it just, I think it just doesn't. Isaiah is a perfect example of this. How did Isaiah captivate folks for so long on that freelance belt? And it's because he, night after night, put the title as this prestigious thing that even the best in the world couldn't take from. You said the word meaning a bunch of different times. And I think that, I think you pour your heart and soul into this. I can tell it just from talking to you because you do. You don't overthink, but you have to put that thought into how can we make anything that we do meaningful and everything have a purpose. Um, so the anti, the anti Craig Mitchell belt then is the twenty four seven title. Is that correct? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you would just you would just win it and throw it in the trash and just be like, yeah, I renounce it. I'm done. We had we had a anywhere championship when we were back at wrestling company. We had this anywhere belt. And it was so fun. I, I I think those things are fun. I wish like pro wrestling could have that now. Like it was just like the anywhere matches that like um, Kenny Omega would do, mm-hmm. and you would just be like at a show, someone could just get pinned and get like Castro always had the anywhere belt, and he would just beat people for it. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Any any memories from your match with Nick Gage and your match with Trumont? True, because I still to this day it's burned into my skull. I don't know if this was planned or not, but when you threw like four chairs in a row at Matrimon's face, it's that spot Dude. is burned into my skull. I don't I can't get out of my head. I don't want it out. But the crazy thing about those matches is like the complete feeling of like, what the hell am I doing in this match? Like, I do not fit this match. And I think like if if I um if I were to go back to myself, like 
10 years ago and be like, oh yeah, you're going to have this match. I'd be like, well, it's probably going to suck. It's probably going to be awful because I just don't fit that style. And then now, like, I think for me, being in those matches was really cool. It was like a cool experience to see like how I could make that work. Like to me, that's what I like. I like being in a match that like on paper, you're like, well, that's fucking weird. Because I think when someone sees a match and they're like, oh, that match is going to be awesome. Well, now they're like, really critically watching waiting for their expectations are building yeah yeah i think about a match that has like no expectations and you're like well let's see like i think that i always go back to the marcus cream match people talk about the nick gage and tremont match a lot but i always go back to like the marcus crane match because everyone was like well what is he gonna do are they mm-hmm. gonna have a death match are they gonna be harper are gonna rough? and i think when we started the match everyone was like well we have no clue how this is gonna go and it went like, I guess, more of like the Marcus Brain style. But I mm-hmm. see, I think seeing me fit my way into that was what made it cool for me. Yeah, I see. Um, no, I, I, uh, I think I had high expectations for you versus Shane Mercer recently, but I think you met those. So that I don't know. If that, yeah, <laughs> it was fun for me. Like I went 100 percent, 100 percent honest. I'm still very. Uh, nervous, like ring rusty feeling to get back in the ring. We okay. had five matches back in the last like two years, you know? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. I love the, in the spot where you, you're just like, <laughs> you just flat out, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing because you were sending something. <laughs> that was such a good, like, uh, it almost like took the tension out of the room in a good way for like all of us because we were so like, oh fuck, what's going to happen? You just said that. We're like, oh, okay, this is going to be fun. If you listen closely, I say shit like that all the time. Like, I, like, in the most intense matches I've ever been in, like, the way I am as a person, I literally do that in the match all the time. I say silly shit that I genuinely mean because I think that we can all agree now, like, 99.9% wrestling fans now 100% want to see genuine, like, interaction. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're not interacting with fans, I mean, yeah, there's interacting like, come on, or yeah, baby, or like, give me some claps. But like, you know, what's funnier than like when he went to lift the bleachers, right? And I, and <laughs> I'm like, we were laughing. We literally said that on our, when we recapped that show, we we're like, I don't know if we knew the bleachers were connected because they were. Well, it's funny. I, I, I tell him like, everybody's going to want to see you lift these goddamn bleachers. And he's like, he's like, I want to, and he literally goes, I think I could. I go, 100% you cannot lift these bleachers. No. So uh, in the match, I'm like, I, I literally go to him. And it's, so originally, I'll let you end this. Originally, the spot off the bleachers, I was going to do a running 450 because I thought I could do it. And then I put him near the table and we grabbed the wrong table. This is 100% honest what happened. Mm-hmm. We grabbed the wrong table and it was the flimsy one. The one that we did the moonsault and battery mm-hmm. was the one that we were supposed to use for the uh, 450. Okay. So genuine, 100%, I was going to lay him on it, and I was going to throw caution to the wind and go, I'm back wrestling, motherfucker, and I'm going to try a 450. Mm-hmm. So I thought I could do it, and I was going to try it. And uh, so when we got there and we realized it was flimsy, that's actually when I said, I tell him, I go, try to lift the bleachers. He goes to lift the bleachers, and uh, I'm like, I hit him, and I remember going like, they're so fucking heavy and they're nailed down, you fucking idiot. And that, <laughs> I'm like, that popped the crowd. And I go, right. okay, I'm actually glad we're not doing the 450 spot right now because that would like bring it back down to serious. Right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. it was like funnier. Cause then I got up there and I'm like, what am I doing up here? 
And I'm like, I don't even do double stomps. Like I've never done a double stomp in my life. And you can tell I don't do double stomps because I'm so genuinely afraid to hurt someone that I like don't even almost make contact with Mercer's head. I completely am like, whatever, man. Like I do like the Shane, Mc, you know, Shane McMahon did the elbow. I'm yeah. surprised, like barely touched him. I don't even touch him. Cause I, at the end of the day, I don't hurt anybody. So I'm like very next to him. And then I land and then I say, and I could do hardcore wrestling too. So I, just kept, <laughs> I just kept like hitting the crowd with comedy to deflect the fact that I fucked up that whole spot by grabbing the wrong table. Cause I do, I go, Oh, I could do hardcore wrestling. I throw him in the ring and I grab the ice and I put the ice in the top of my trunks and then picked it out of the bottom. And then I put it in Mercer's mouth and I go, and I can do comedy. And everyone started laughing. I was like, thank fucking God that worked because I ruined that whole big spot that we were supposed to do. So that actually is legitimately what happened. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, I, I never, that thought never went through my head. Oh, this is ruined. So you fooled all of us. And I was like laying there. I'm like, I just did a double stomp. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that I like literally in the air was like, this is not good. Like, what do I break my ankle? Like now I'm the guy that broke his ankle doing a double stomp. Cause I don't do that. Shit. I literally, yeah. went, all right, here we go. Of Any, all the moves, I should just DDT them or something. <laughs> <laughs> Any other that stick out to you as some of your favorites that you've done? Uh, matches. Yeah. Um, I think like legitimately like my favorite matches that I've ever done are like, like silly little like matches that I don't I don't even think like I truly expected for them to be so good and and it's not that I wasn't working against someone amazing they just ended up being like amazingly good matches like when I wrestled Gary J at Freelance Underground for the first time that was like an uh, awesome match and that like sparked my interest back in Gary J because I always thought he was wonderful but I ever I never knew if I would match with him really well and then after that I had like these amazingly good matches with him. Uh, Charles Garvin, uh, Big Beef. Oh, okay. He's like, yeah, dude, you do. No one, I think, in the Midwest realizes how good this dude is. He's so good, like so good. Total brawler. I had really good match with him at uh, St. Louis Anarchy. Wonderful. Uh, I would say like those two people stand out as like people I've had like fantastic matches, like never had issues with. And then obviously, I've always loved working with Jeff. I've wrestled Jeff more than I think people realize. I wrestled Jeff one time, three times in a weekend. And like, <laughs> I don't think anybody ever sees those matches. Those matches are probably never published. But I don't think Jeff, um, maybe he does, and people are just so hard to the gimmick, they don't say it. But I don't think people give Jeff enough credit either. Jeff's like, that's our way solid. of giving him credit. Yeah, Jeff's <laughs> rock solid. You give him credit, and we just nod our head. That's that's yeah. that's as far as we'll go. No, 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 no. We, we 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 give him credit through through our teeth sometimes so um and that's just because we love we love to hate him yeah he's yeah he's good at what he does man. yeah uh that's the main course uh do you have a favorite like entree or main course food are you like a burger or a dog guy or like oh dude you- i'm so i'm so picky and basic my fiance hates me uh <laughs> I am like a big like pizza dude. Okay. Um, don't ask me what my favorite pizza is because it's literally like whatever. I I can eat like amazing pizza where people are like, "This is the best," and then I can also eat like the shittiest pizza too. And I'm like, pineapple? Is, is pineapple? Okay? No. 
No. But you know what? I won't knock you for having it, though. I'm not against you. I'm not you against you. just won't order me. it. No, if I won't order it. But if you want to have it, you're cool to have it. I am a totally accepting human. Yeah. Pizza's good anytime, anywhere, no matter what type it is, I, I think. I can't knock anybody for liking something. I don't like anything, so I don't <laughs> even know. Great. Chris, you want to leave some of the dessert? Yeah. So dessert, guilty pleasures. Uh, we have some questions, but I, you know, I'm going to go off script here a little bit. Okay. I, I, I recall having conversations and I don't remember with who, but we were all like when Mustafa Ali was making his debut at, you know, you know, I don't know if it was NXT or main roster, but like he, he was cutting some really cool promos and you could tell it was the back of the galley arena. Um, and and somebody's like, oh, Craig is editing that. Um, yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that I have that. I do that. Like, I don't that do that anymore was, as much. That was that was really good stuff. Like, you know, outside of the wrestling and outside of the the great person that you are, like that that talent, like it was it was spot on. Like, I love the production of that. Um, and I was going to ask you, like, can, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I I like I think. For me, a lot of people don't realize I have a background in video work because I don't do much. Uh, I edited some of the freelance trailers. I don't think anybody knows that either. Oh, no. Um, no. I, I, I just, I think in my life, um, I've always been kind of like, I, I start a lot. Of, I like a lot of things and I try to do a lot of things. And then I get a little overwhelmed and then I kind of have to like put things to the side. And then I kind of like, do things in spurts so video is one of those things like i started doing more video work when i think my wrestling kind of was starting to not fizzle or maybe maybe fade i guess is the way to look at it like i wasn't taking as many bookings or i was mainly only doing freelance stuff and um i started doing this stuff for ali and uh the way that actually came about was i i, I was talking to him we were shooting some stuff at practice and uh, i showed him some of the stuff that i can edit and we were just bouncing ideas off each other. And a lot of the ideas in the beginning were like very vanilla, like show him shaking hands with people and like, hey, I'm going to be at the next show. And uh, then we started talking more like concept pieces. And I'm like, hey, like, what do you want to do? And he had these really good ideas. And like, the thing is, is like Ali's ideas were, were very reserved in the beginning. And then they kind of got a little bit bigger as they went. And then we just bounced ideas off each other. And he would come to me with a concept and we would think how we could shoot it. And I think, because we didn't have too much influence and we were kind of able to get away with everything. It was very like very pure and to the point because we didn't have any kind of like producer in our ear or anything towards the end. Um, producers started getting involved a little bit, which is fine. 100%. I, I mean, as you would imagine, because now like at this point, like I was legitimately producing content for WWE right now. So, yeah. <laughs> for, me, it was, for, for me, it was really cool, but like, I very much knew that like, I could either go the route of like continuing to pursue uh, video production work, which I just, I feel like that market is, and I, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not at that level. I, I loved what I did, but I knew that like maybe the market was a little saturated with, I would say like high, high end, like people went to school, this is their life. And then I'm kind of just this dude that just like had a good eye. Mm -hmm. So um, the content we were producing was just very genuine. And I feel like when the producers started getting involved and we, we were trying to, produce what we liked and then it was being cut and changed and nah. um yeah 
but then I also like think a lot of people, uh, and I, I just want to quickly touch on this because I don't think anybody's ever publicly talked about this. And this is like a genuine thing that happened. Um, one of the last videos I did for Ali was the one where he's like talking to himself. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was completely out of wrestling. I was not wrestling at all. And he had this idea. Um, and I, I wasn't wrestling. I, I, if you check, I'm sure it's on Twitter somewhere. And uh, we, we shot this video and he literally, the, the text chain goes, I have this idea for a video. Um, and I'm like, cool, come to the gym I work at. Uh, the gym closes around like 8 p.m. We can shoot there, no one will be there. And we shoot this idea where he's like him talking to him himself as well, but it's like the evil realistic version of himself. The video's out there, you can find it. And uh, I believe WWE used it. Like I'm pretty sure it aired on SmackDown. And it, I know on Twitter alone, it got like a lot of views. I want to say it had over a hundred thousand views, but at the exact same time, uh, Matt Fitchett made a video where he was doing like the same thing Mm. where he was talking to himself and I did not see the video. Okay. I cannot speak for Ali, but Ali said he didn't see the video and I'm pretty sure I believe him. Um, But it was crazy. We got this huge amount of backlash for it where people thought we stole the idea uh, uh, and that, I, that I'm a piece of shit for shooting the video this way. And for me, like 100%, I never really like, you know, when like, like I feel like when people start attacking you, which I'm not used to that because I'm, I'm, I'm mean, right? I'm not really a mean. Yeah. Dude. You're the opposite of how you are in the ring. And is what so, I'm getting like, at. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't freak out. Like people were trying to like talk shit about me online and stuff like that. And that's fine. But it was one of those things where I was like, wow, like it is so crazy how, I didn't say I've never talked about this public yeah. before. Where like 100% genuinely, we had legitimately no intent of being like, "Wow, this video is the exact same," but we also had WWE behind it. You know, like when we put the video yeah. on, it had the little WWE logo in the corner. Like that obviously was going to get more attention, and not because it was better. It, it, and we're not saying that. It right. Just, it just happened to get more traction. He has a bigger following, and I think when. Fitch had seen it initially. He was like, dude, what the fuck? Uh, and I talked to him individually, and then I know Ali talked to him individually. And like I truly believe that he genuinely understands that I have literally no clue that that video came out. But it was one of those things that happened, and we were like, shit. And that literally was the last video we ever did together. And I'm oh. pretty sure that was like the end of that, just because I feel at that point, 100% Ali had to start using um, social media content creators. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, 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 I think you produced some great stuff. I mean, it was a hell of a run. And uh, I, yeah, to say fun. that, I hope you, not that you, I hope you got, not that you were asking for it, but I guess I hope you got either fulfillment out of it or damn, maybe a paycheck from the E, Vince. Like, look what <laughs> I'm doing down here. I think a lot of people didn't realize I did it too. I, I still like every once in a while run into like casual wrestling fans that are like, Oh, I just found out you like made those videos. It's pretty cool. And like, that's brilliant. for me. That's really cool. Cause that's another one of those situations. Like when we made that, it wasn't like, Hey, I'm making you this video. Can you like give me a shout out or something like that? Like it was more like, Hey, I think I can produce this and I think it'll come out pretty good. Right. And it ended up being like pretty good, you know, like it ended up working for what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that stopped there. And I don't think anybody understands what happened. Because still people ask me, like, oh, you make any more of those videos? Nope. 
<laughs> no, no, I don't. And well, I think it's are I you out there for a hire? Would you do it again, or, or would you oh, dabble? Yeah, 100%, okay, one hundred percent. I just go. never want to dabble with. Uh, I never want to dabble into cancel culture again. <laughs> no, I know that that can be that. Can, I, I I I believe your intent as long as, and you know it too. And like all your guys' intent was honest, so I guess just just the timing of it sucked. Um, yeah, I felt. I actually felt bad though because I could see it. Like I could see from the perspective of those like defending him, like they were really quick to defend him, and like that's cool. Like you got people to, like stand by your side and defend you, but it was really weird being on the other side and being like. Yeah, dude. This yeah. Is like, <laughs> this is legit fake news shit right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe it's because like he in that sense you had the WWE logo, so maybe you were looked at as the evil corporation stealing an idea from the underdog, even though you we didn't, were you didn't mean we were to. Mondo Burger in Good Burger. <laughs> yeah. <I see> <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I, I gotta jump in here. I want to hear your story. Not that you can. Just from your perspective, you don't have to tell the whole story because we've talked about this with Nick's before. If you want to go Castro and Castro, if you want to go listen to any of those episodes that we've done with them, they're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. But like this, I think you might have been in the initial van for the day one of training with those guys where like you, you showed up to a warehouse and you weren't sure if you were in the right spot. Right. Were you in that? In that in that car, dude. Oh, so you're talking about where all over the Narragansett or something like that? Is that where they like See, in the it, truck yard? It, it goes different ways. I remember <laughs> so, Nick so, talking about yeah. it. So the south side. Uh, I remember Casual talking about it was near. Um, uh, what is that? Irving Park or something like that. He said you guys know. weren't sure if, where you were, but then you heard the sound of a like a mat, like you heard a ring, like someone taking yeah. bumps, and you're like, oh, okay. I think, I think truthfully, they went once and then I went after. Okay. I think they went like the initial time and then they were like, yeah, we got this place we're going to. Mm -hmm. And then I went and it was the, but I guarantee like my interpretations of how it looked is the same how they felt on day one. Cause we pull in and I'm like, well, this is where rape happens. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Sounds it happens. Familiar? Like, it's like a truck yard. Nothing oh, looks God. like it works. Like any ID channel show where they're like, oh, and it was in the truck yard. You know, like this legitimately looked not like where you Sketchy. Sketchy. And here's the crazy thing. Carlos ran goddamn shows in there. He ran Carlos like body shows in there. Yeah, he ran shows in there. I saw uh, like Marche Rocket and uh, Acid Jazz versus Victoria's Secret in there, which is like Mason Conrad's old gimmick. I saw them wrestle in that in that place, and then the main event was Hammett 450 versus Boz. It was wild. Okay, because <laughs> we were we were training with Boz, and we were like, oh, we wonder if Boz can go. And then like he's like in there like wrestling all hard, and we're like, oh shit. I mean, now we all know Boz like Boz Boz, but at that time we were like, oh shit, our trainer's wrestling. That's you great. know, like when you when you first start, that'd be like if you went to school and your teacher just like got into a fist fight afterwards, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so sketchy place um we have some uh a few uh so some uh fan submitted questions you saw this one on instagram i think the most grueling match you've been in which is uh ryan uh ryan the cactus king on instagram asked that the most grueling match um i did 
uh, like before I was doing pro stuff, I was doing deathmatch stuff and backyard wrestling. Okay. And I had this match one time in St. Louis. Uh, it was for this show called Wrestlegasm, which is <laughs> oh my god. And, uh, um, I wrestled Rockin' Rivera. He's he's actually working now, which is good. He's working shows. I wrestled Rockin' Rivera on this uh, show. The crazy thing about it was I was supposed to wrestle this other kid. Because uh, we were children at the time. We were like 17. And um, I was supposed to someone else on this show. And he ended up getting into town and backed out of the match. It was supposed to be like a death match. And uh, Rockin's like, well, fuck, the match has to happen. You know? So we we just quickly like fix the match and go over it. And uh, I know I'm probably downplaying how crazy this match was. This match was fucking insane. And uh, cause at the time we we're like 17, we don't give a Can shit. Can we right? find it on the internet? Probably not, not. but there are <laughs> clips. I could probably send you if you ever really wanted to see them. I got clips somewhere, but um, like we, we do all this crazy shit. We do like top rope Canadian destroyer to the outside for a bunch of light tubes. Like I light him on fire. Like we both got like super fucked up. Like I have I have stitches on my hand, like still open from this. Like Jesus. Like, like I like like split his the back of his tricep open really bad. He had to get like eight stitches. Like we were putting like firecrackers in each other's gear and shit. Like it was crazy for the time. Um the finish of the match. Oh the finish God. of the match was an Angel Wings uh Canadian destroyer through an open chair. Like it was crazy. Like we did a bunch of shit. And um when the match was over. I didn't realize like how bad we were both injured and uh there was a medic on staff that's what backyard wrestling really was at the time we had a medic it was crazy we were really making it and uh the medic's like the medic is like he's going to the hospital for sure and he's like let me see your hand so when i cut my hand open it was right in the beginning of the match and someone threw a a t-shirt in and i wrapped my hand i'm sure anybody that's listening to this that was like around like nick or cast just probably laughing because they remember the show and uh, Castro was wearing like a hazmat suit with gloves. Okay. He was the ref in the match. <laughs> I, I like get my hand split open like really bad. And I, um, someone throws their, their shirt into the, uh, the ring. And I wrap my hand and I just finished the match. And at the end of it, he's like, well, he's for sure going to the emergency room. Let me see your hand. And I unwrap my hand and like my, like right here in my palm, like there, you probably can't see it, but there's like a scar that goes like that. It was open about an inch wide. Fuck. And as my like heart rate was up, obviously my pulse was up. And I'm pretty sure that like I cut deep into my head. I didn't hit an artery or anything like that. But like you can visibly see that I was very much bleeding continuously. And he's like, you 100% believe So uh, we were supposed to go to jump zone too, which pissed me off. That was like much more fun. <laughs> and uh, we didn't get to go to jump zone, but we both got to go to the emergency room. And I always, rem- I always remember this because it was like very nerve wracking because I'm like away from home. I don't have any insurance. I'm a fucking idiot. I just like spent like $200 on all this deathmatch shit just to have this back here wrestling match. It's all like setting in that I'm a failure in my life at this point. And I'm laying there and rocking in the other room. And I remember like quickly talking to him as he was getting stitched up. And I'm like, how do you feel? And he's like, never felt better. And that's always like what I've remembered from that match. But it was legitimately the most grueling thing I've ever done. That match legitimately fucked me up. It was like my like a GCW death match, but like before anybody could even care or it matter, it was like literally the last time I ever was like, yeah, let me see how hard I can physically go in the ring. And literally like the next couple months we were training. So that was like my last like big backyard death match thing. 
That is fantastic story. I love that story. Because you guys I are wish- just so great. It's just such a mentality that no one will, some people will never have that, like throwing yourselves on the line for that for nothing. If I had clips for, of, for the glory, clips, to you. it was crazy. Like, I mean, like if you were to see it, you'd be like, oh shit, like this could have been a match now. And I remember like Nick and Stevie and all of them were there and they were like, what the fuck are you guys? Why are you doing this? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's what I asked myself as well. Uh, speaking of backyard wrestling, yeah, Nick's texted me a question. He said, Who from backyard wrestling would you love to have a match with now on the indie scene? Do they have to still actively be wrestling? Or would it be their like backyard persona? Uh, I think it's like it's like picking a person from the backyard era of your life and putting them in the indies, like in the LSA now. I think is the is the spirit of the question. I would say HTTC from HWF, who also wrestled with like Ricky Shane Page. Okay, uh, he was one of my favorites. I would say that or CJ Phoenix, who was in uh, Australia. He used to wrestle for HVWA. Those were like the two. Eh, yeah, I would say those are probably like the top two because at that time they were putting out like great content. Yeah, like they were like they were like the top of the backyard wrestling sphere. But ironically enough, neither of them stayed as wrestling though, which is crazy. There's a there's an episode of My Violet Tendencies where you're 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 you three you Castro and Nick's your knowledge of backyard wrestling is like fully on display. I think that sentence just had things that were like Chris and I are like. That sounds fun, but I don't know who that person is. But like you, you're there's such a it's like an encyclopedia in there. I don't think people realize how much you you guys were involved and probably know about that scene at the time. Bagger wrestling's deep, man. There could be a whole. There is a documentary on it. There's a documentary called The Link. It's wonderful. The Link. Are you in it? On. Uh, they mention us. Oh, nice. Not- isn't this where like um. I don't know if this is the documentary, but there is a documentary that Nick's talks about, like that kind of took place in the indie scene, and you guys were part of that. But I'm I'm not sure if this is it. It might be, and I think it's around the same time. The producer and director of the link is, um, his name is uh, they used to call him Lee Andrews or like Andrew List. I think is his name now. He's he does A List Productions. Okay, he's made like videos for like Zane and. Um, people like that but um at the time the link documentary really dabbled deep into like that era of back and wrestling that people don't realize gave you who you have now so it gave you like your chris hero your ricky shane page it gave you uh tony deppin um yeah all those folks like that you know the the british guys too like you know pete and all those guys they all started right and wrestling uh the um what's his name uh flash gordon the webster or whatever he was dude i literally was when when uh they were in town for the um uh what the hell is the thing that company they all work for in uk oh shit shut up up. (laughs) Um, oh shit i'm drawing a blank but that company that they work for in the uk was here in town and they did that show in Berwyn, and they had like all the UK and like Australian and New Zealand guys here. And um, we met up with like um, with a few of those guys just like because we we knew Pete and all them. 
and we were talking and I'm talking to that Flash Morgan Webster guy. And I, I'm just like, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. He's here. And I'm, I'm asking him about something about wrestling. And he goes, yeah, I used to wrestle for this backyard company. And I go, well, what was your backyard name? And he says his backyard name. And I go like, shut the fuck up. He's <laughs> like, I knew exactly who he was based off that. Uh, and it's, okay. like, that, it's like, to me, that's crazy. Because when I was like a kid, I would watch like pro wrestling, stuff like that. But I would get on the backyard wrestling link mm-hmm. and it'd be like, you know, HBWA has a new music video today. And you'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm going to watch that. Like you were excited to see it because you would get into the characters and shit. And he was uh, Napalm, I think was his back wrestling. I'm pretty sure it was. And those guys ended up producing some of the best talent in the UK. Like Will, Will Ospreay came from that, that like pool of people. And it's crazy because you can go back and find all that footage. I actually have a YouTube channel called uh, Backyard Wrestling History. It's called BYW History on YouTube. And I post all of that stuff on there. It's it's pretty dormant now, but I, I went and posted hundreds of hours of photo, uh, video on there. That's awesome. And, I love that. And, and all of the old Backyard Wrestling stuff that I kept and downloaded from the, the previous era. Everything on there is older than dirt i think like the newest video on there is from like 2009 that's so cool i'll have to check that out for sure 100 percent. i am very interested in that can you repeat that channel one more time byw history and it's like red byw history okay it's pretty cool if you go on there we have a, i categorized everything neatly so if you go to like uh playlist they'll be like illinois new york indiana kentucky it'll have all the states yep florida yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go to Chicago, all of our backer wrestling ships on there. If you go to Florida, all our backer ships on there. Or um, not Florida, um, Illinois. And it has Illinois, all yeah. of our mm-hmm. yeah, all of our backer stuff on there. Awesome. I'm sure that people, is a lot people of right fun now, content, yo. People are probably like, shut the fuck up right now. I'm like putting all our backer stuff on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh Nick's uh, uh, per, uh you have any personal goals in wrestling, dream matches, destinations, etc. Um, yeah, I've always like for me personally, I think like I'll know when I'm done. When like I just kind of feel like I have nothing left to like personally either prove to myself or like I'm just kind of like running that course. I don't want to be that dude that's like showing up to the VFW hall, like talking about stories from the fucking past. Like I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll stop before that's over. Um, if anybody ever took an interest in like I like you can't knock anything, but if anybody ever took an interest in me and I ended up getting uh, a career out of this which is probably not happening but if that ever were to be the way it would be like like just down the line someone goes you know i really would think you'd be a good addition to the roster or something like that and i were to go that route that'd be great that'd be cool i could definitely do that um but i think realistically i'll just i'll stay my course right now uh as far as like dream matches i i don't really know if there's anybody that i'm like holy shit i have to absolutely work that way. yeah um I think like 10 years ago, I would have said like, like Davy Richards, but like, fuck that. Like that match would be <laughs> the shit out of me. I think there are current guys now that I know that I won't have matches with, um, that I'm like pretty bummed that I won't have like, 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 I think like when I had initial matches with certain people, I wasn't up to par. I wasn't as good or as experienced. And I wish I could have redos at that. Like, I always wish, one of my biggest regrets in wrestling ever was being so nervous to wrestle Chris Hero when it was me and Isaiah versus Chris Hero and uh, Rob Anthony that I, like, was so nervous, like, 
I like legitimately felt physically ill to do the match. I was so nervous and it went exactly the wrong way. Like I was, I couldn't remember my shit. Chris Hero was like, fuck this piece of shit. And he's just like kicking me in the face. And like, I, when the match was over, I just like couldn't even look any of them in the face. Like the match is on YouTube. It's not bad. I mean, it's not terrible by any means, but it was, if you go back and watch it, it's not me. It literally looks like there is another person in my body doing the match. I don't act like myself. I don't have any intent. I look like I'm almost like, is it okay, Chris, if I body slam you? Is that okay? Like, I just look very, like, yeah. off. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because at that time, that was, like, the biggest match I had ever had. And um, I just was super scared that, like, I wouldn't live up to the expectations. So I think I, like, manifested a bad match out of it, you know? Yeah. Is he is he still wrestling right now? Chris Hero? I mean, I, I know he's not in the, in the company or anything, but, like... No, I, I, would, I guarantee post-COVID, like post real COVID world, I would 100% see him doing indies. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to honestly, have redo. We talked about those dream matches. Like, that's what came to mind. Like, I want to see you and Chris Hero go at it. I would love to be in a position in my wrestling career where he would know that I'm better, but he would first have to remember who I was. He probably doesn't fucking <laughs> give a shit. But I would love, like, here, this is dream scenario. I would love to be in a situation where I have started to get my traction underneath me again and start to work a little bit more solid and feel good and confident and have him um, somehow like remember who I was and be able to be like, yeah, let's redo that match. And it would be wonderful. That would be like a dream. That's a dream. Right. Mm -hmm. And him be like, you know what? I'm glad the match we redid it. And I'm glad and you're, you're much better. Good job. And like the credits roll up, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Like that would be I guess hey, freelance can make a freelance can make it happen. I think if he's touring and he, cause he, I feel like if he goes back to the Indies, like he's already kind of, I don't know, like he's already, I feel like he's already kind of had his, and maybe AEW, but like he's already AEW. He's already had his kind of shot at maybe making it. So I feel like if he goes back to the Indies, he's going to be in that same mindset. Like let's just do fulfilling stuff. And freelance could bring him in and like, you know, he could be like open to it because he's not going to have an agenda, you know? Yeah. I don't think like I've ever like fucked up with someone. I feel like I've had matches with people where I'm like, oh, we could have did more shit. Like when I wrestled Darby on Evolve, like we had like a four minute match. And like, it was very much just to be like a stepping stone so he could get over a little bit more, which is cool. I understand. But like, yeah. I feel like I could have had a really good match with him at freelance, you know? Yes. Like we would right. kill each other. Yeah. Yes. You're, you would be a really good base for him. Yeah, and I think that's, like, those are the kind of matches I'd like to have. I'm not, like, I don't think, like, I can have, like, a 50-minute slobber knocker with, you know, you know, someone. Like, that's not, like, I wouldn't have that match, but I'd like to go back and be, like, hey, like, me and Nick Gage should do another, like, brawl match. That'd be cool. Like, and I think fans would be, like, fuck yeah, let's do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I I think think those could happen, honestly, Um, because I think you work for like I, I could, I can. There's no one, I guess, I can't picture coming into Logan Square Auditorium. I mean, I've seen it was with a different company, but I've seen fucking Naito in that building. So, like, I guess you put anyone in there, and I feel like you can make it work. As like, sky is the limit, man. Yeah, GCW has proven that sky is the limit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that like, they really break that yeah. wall. Yeah, it is like it is like sci-fi 
like I can't even describe it. It's it's almost like silly sometimes the stuff that happens. You're like, really? <laughs> this is crazy. And it's like, all right, yeah, I guess it, it's like we were saying earlier with the rumble. It's like you had a couple jokes with you and your buddies, but god damn it, if you have enough money, you can make that shit happen. You know what I mean? And it's fun. And I think that's where it's at right now. Is it could happen because I think it'd be fun. Yeah. That's a good comparison. Um, last uh, question. We we didn't save the best for last year. We did not. Uh, Trevor Allah asks, how does it feel to lose to Mr. Chicago? I don't know why he's dubbed himself that. I don't see him as that, but that's his question. We have to say it. To lose to him in character, it was, it was miserable. <laughs> miserable. It was like, it was awful. Off but, character, based on what you said earlier. You have to make the guys look good. Uh, I, I legitimately yeah. didn't get a chance to meet him much because I kind of stopped wrestling. But wonderful dude. Cool with me. He was real nice. My uh, my fiance bought him a beer after the match. <laughs> Probably because he's broke. Yeah, I don't know. But no, he was he was he was great. <laughs> I think um I think the students, the freelance students are so good. Like I'm not even saying like good yes. wrestling, like but they're so like good, like up here. Yeah, like, they're not like a bunch of dickheads. So like, meeting him was like refreshing. I was like, oh, <laughs> even if he would have been like a super dickhead, I would have been like, oh, there's a million of those. In pro wrestling, right? <laughs> but like, but like he was so like genuinely good. Like I think, like him, he's figuring out like how to be and like from someone who was like super over the top heel, like seeing him like get the kind of like negative reaction from people. I'm like, he's got it. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, no, I took a really good bunch. I get praise everywhere, and like they're they're blossoming before our eyes, which is really cool. Um, uh, Chris, word association. I think it's your time. Oh wait, first off, the favorite dessert. Before, before yeah. we get favorite dessert. Uh, French silk pie. Yes, great. That's nice. And it doesn't even have to be from anywhere special either. But I would not Baker, not the the last Baker Square that's in the area. If yeah, if it, if, if it is for me, they're dying out. I'd immediately be like, where'd you get this? Um, <laughs> I like the one, believe it or not, the one that Jewel got is pretty good. Oh, for the locals. I, I could, Jewel, Jewel's got some some good shit. They got good guac. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be confused and think Mariano's has got some good shit. That's that's a good example of good packaging with shitty presentation. That is yes. true. I, I'm I'm with you 100. percent And that's like an ambiance environment thing. It's like a cult they have. <laughs> you think like it's like when people are like, "Oh, I'm super bougie. I shop at Target because I've been caught into that mess." <laughs> I'm okay with Walmart. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think that's what I was. I think that's what I'm doing after I get off this call with you guys. Oh, well, we won't keep you too long. We just got word association and then we'll wrap it up. So Chris, go ahead. You're, you're good at this part. All right. So word association, right? I'll throw out a few um, 10 plus one. So usually we go with 10. We got a bonus uh, word here. So I'll throw those at you. You respond to me with one word answers. The first thing that comes to mind. You got that? God, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck this up so bad. I'm gonna it's all right. Caroline. It seems easy. It seems easy, but the one word part trumps people up a little bit. So um, all right. So we'll start off with I think an easy one, which is Alex Olson. Yeah. Pro wrestling. Story. Beta training. 
Intense. Freelance wrestling. Fun. Video editing. Complicated. <laughs> Freelance underground. Fun. <laughs> Matt and Nick's. Purple. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Coach Joe. Intense. Cello Pro. Green. Yes. Yes, we got it. <laughs> yes, we got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris Castro. Twitch. The bonus question, the bonus word here is Dexter. Adorable. Adorable. That is adorable. <laughs> That's it. We're talking, about, we're talking about my dog, not the yes. Not the show, story. yeah. Not the show, yeah. Dog or not Dexter's Dexter. laboratory. There was that was really good. You answered quickly. A couple repeats. Okay. We didn't yeah, say that was wasn't some, a rule. Yeah. We didn't say that wasn't a rule, so that's on us. We'll take the blame for that. Um, but you, per, you did pretty good. You did well. You hit all the both the colors and you hit the jackpot, which is that's why we put Zello Pro in there, is so everyone can I say almost great. said when I said Zello, I almost said Matt Bacalli. I almost said two words. Because no, when no, I think no. of Zello, I just think of I just think of Matt, man. I really mm-hmm. do. That would have been a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I've always uh, thought of Matt until somebody said green, and then I can't think of anything else. Do you know anything about Matt McCauley's backyard wrestling? Backyard no, wrestling? No, I don't know his back. Oh, I don't know his backyard stuff. I don't want to hang you up, but I'm going to leave you with this. Matt McCauley, if you were to say Matt McCauley, I would say Hawaiian shirt. Because Matt McCauley used to come out to the ring with this big Hawaiian shirt on and his gimmick. I don't remember what the fuck it was. Matt McCauley used to come to the ring and he was like the fan favorite of ETW or whatever he wrestled for. And uh, me and Sylvester, who's my buddy, went up and did a backyard show. They used to live up in Gurney and we did a backyard wrestling show. Joey Marks wrestled on that show. Uh, Mason Conrad wrestled on that show. A bunch of guys. And uh, we do the first match. We like do our match and everything. And we're like, man, there's a lot of fans in this show. Like, there's like 50 fans in this backyard. And this motherfucker is like the main event. He comes out with like Hawaiian shirt on and he's like killing it. He's like the fan, like super face. And I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. Like this dude's got a crowd and everything. So he's the Kylie of Corny. Dude, I'm not <laughs> lying. They would have like 50, 60 fans. And they were getting into this shit. And he was like the main event. He was like the champion. It was at his house. So that makes so much sense because he 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 had to, is an inviting person, but he also now and just think of like what he went on to do for his career, which is I think he was in event promotion or like event <laughs> management, and I, I never he was yeah, doing it at a young age. I never worked much for Zello. I don't know if I just never like maybe like fit their thing, and but like Zello's loves cool with me, but I think like Matt's always been like a promoter like it's crazy like you think back like that was like 2005 or something it's in his blood dude and he was like the champion in his own backyard (laughs) (laughs) it was amazing like i'm surprised you guys never heard about any of this he probably never want to talk about it but there you go on the on the podcast i think we might clip this would you be mad if we clip this specific (laughs) story and tweeted at him I would not be mad. I just hope that he, I hope I remember it correctly, first of all, and I'm pretty <laughs> damn sure that it was a Hawaiian shirt. That sounds on brand for him. Yeah, I don't remember his wrestling name, and I'm pretty sure it might have just been Matt McCauley. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty damn sure. Um, I'm probably like glorifying this a bit, but it was awesome. That that's a good. That would be actually in today's Can world. That? Can we? Find yeah, that? is that on the YW? history? Is that in the archives? Uh, I have no clue. Any of that footage, it does not exist. We need. I think we need to to have him send you some. Yeah, dude. He ran ETW, and it was cool. Like their shit was good. I'm gonna say it was. I think it was ETW. Was there Maybe. one? Was there not to not to dive too deep because we're wrapping up? Was there one database site that you would go to for all this information, or was it just spread out across the web? It was. It was the backyard wrestling link, but that shit like went down, and then. Scott Henson used to have Blue Thunder. I think he still does it, but it's mainly like VCW, so like Vancouver stuff. But he had VCW and all that stuff on the Blue Thunder website. But then I couldn't find a lot of it, and I would go to links, and if I could get it, I would download it. And I just like like mined all of this yes. video. I have all of these things. So that's why the Back of Wrestling History YouTube exists. And there's like 100 videos that can't go on there because they're copyrighted. So I had to get really crafty with some of the videos i had to like slow them down or like change the pitch of the music and and it was just super time consuming so really what's on there is actually like a fraction of what actually exists there's so much it's like i, I mean obviously i i so don't good. know if iwtv would be interested you would be interested in but i'm like i don't know why wtv doesn't just purchase all this shit or do you have is it a successful channel do you have a lot of views and stuff i'm assuming no. you do oh you don't no, people it, barely it seems there. really underground like i mean people not, literally not will go talking there. about it yeah, yeah yeah go ahead the people that will go there are like people who are in those videos and they usually like message me and they're like dude thank you so much like they like one of the people that reached out to me personally is this guy named overhaul he's from ohio and he used to make all the byw link videos and he reached out to me he's the owner of these videos he made these videos and he reached out to me and was like dude like Thank you for not only like posting them, but like organizing. Like I could see them all now. Yeah, they're you know? organized. Yeah, yeah, that's so. sweet. Cool well, we gotta give that some more love. We'll include that. BYW history just got my subscribed. I think <laughs> IWTV should start a, a thing called the Backyard Chronicles, and they yes. do like there you go. literally a sixty-minute thing, and they have some hosts. And they're just like, all right, on today, we're going to look at HWF Hardcore Halloween 6. And they play the music video. And it would be <laughs> fucking awesome. You you uh, record and edit, and we'll find a host. We'll get Sarah Joy Shockey in there as a host <laughs> or someone. Um, Dude, imagine if they could do that, and they had someone mildly funny over it. Almost like the old like TNT like watch-alongs when they had like Joe Bob. Did you ever see that mm-hmm. shit? When he would watch yeah. the, hollow, like, the horror movies. Dude, if they did that, the production would be super low. Yeah, and it would be super easy. All the content's already created. Yeah, it's all edited already. True. So, Craig, this has been a super, uh, super unique and interesting conversation. I'm so glad we did this. I really am. Thank like, you. like I, it's not. This is an inter- This is not. This interview is nothing like any of our other ones, and that's like a good thing. So you brought so much new stuff to the table. I really appreciate it. I we appreciate do. It, yeah. 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 Craig, where can people find you on social media? Um, I'm on the usual plugs. I'm on the Twitters. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Craig Mitchell. If you find it, it's probably a picture of me like looking like a fat superhero on one knee or I'm like body slamming somebody. <laughs> this one right here. It's like yeah. the Hulk that just comes down from the. 
that's like the superhero landing. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of Black Widow, a little bit of Hulk right here. Like if there's like Captain America and then there's like Captain South or something, like Captain Captain White Trash. (laughs) Captain Mason Dixon. If I was was wearing a white singlet, it would be 100%. Just like Photoshop a cigarette in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Then all I see is intensity and confidence. Like that's <laughs> that's exactly what I get mm-hmm. when I see you in the ring. So I appreciate it. Uh, you know, thank you for your time here. And this is episode one ninety nine. Next episode will be to the big two hundred. And we have nothing planned. Nothing planned. We reached out to one person. He hasn't responded to my DM. I'll, I'll I, I won't call call that person out. I'm sure. 200. He could he could be still unless we're I gonna. I don't think so. Okay, he might be 201. So he could be 201. He could be 201. But uh yeah, I mean that you're leading us into that you're leading us into a milestone. I just want to point out really quick, I'm just gonna take a second to humble brag, but I I, I did the work, I did the I counted up today. But I, I just wanna that. yeah, I just wanna to touch on this really quick before you take us home, Chris. Um for we've been doing this for four plus years, right, Chris? Is that right? Sounds about right. So I just want to, we've, we've published preview and recap content on at least 110 indie wrestling shows in the area. So 43 freelance, freelance underground, 29 AAW, 21 warrior, 14 Zello, and then a sprinkle and three GCW. And uh, we did one sabotage show to help promote their streaming. That's in Texas, not here technically. So 109 or 110, if you want to count Listen, that. When but, we started this, the goal was to kind of shine the light on some indie shows that we really enjoy, that we you know love going to. In the case of Texas, they reached out to us. We looked at their product. We enjoyed it. Um, and it's like, you know, at, at that point, I believe like Thunder Rosa was even part of that stuff. So, yeah, like, no, look what people are now and look at the conversations that we had just like today super different super enlightening and i i've had a blast i've had a blast for 100 you know 199 episodes and i think charlie you probably like led the first three on your own but you know this definitely has been quite the journey and covid definitely threw out you know covid and me having three kids you know two kids due to pandemic you know (laughs) um like threw a wrench in there and, and we stopped for a little bit, you know, skipped a couple of weeks, but, but we're here and, yeah. and I've had a great time. So thank you to everyone that, that has listened and yes. followed and retweeted and liked any statuses that Charlie has made. Cause Charlie handles all the social media. I suck at that. Um, but you know, well, I'll eventually contribute to Instagram shortly. I think so. <laughs> um craig thank you so much for for uh joining us today and and making the time absolutely congratulations to you guys congratulations to you guys on your your 200 episodes by the time this comes out you'll be hopefully getting ready for number 200 hopefully um as you know you can still follow us and share retweet etc over at you know on twitter two heels in a face that's number two heels in a face uh Instagram, Facebook, Two Heels in a Face, number two, Heels in a Face. You can visit our website, twoheelsinaface.com. 
And we're pretty much everywhere in any podcast platform. If we're not, you're not looking hard enough as Charlie says. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what we can say is hashtag Viva La Chico. He's making his comeback. Yes. Big fans of Chico. So we're going to use that, that hashtag when promoting this. But otherwise, thanks for your time. 